This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives online. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 40. So this week's episode is going to be all about Twitter, but please don't run away. I know that you maybe have heard lots of negative things about Twitter, that it's quite a negative place, but it can also be the most brilliant place for networking and connecting and laughing and just having a really good time. If you're already on Twitter, or maybe after this episode, you might be thinking about dipping your toes in. Just to let you know, I have a monthly Twitter chat called The Insta Chat. So it's all things Instagram, and that's hashtag The Insta Chat and also at the profile at The Insta Chat. It's usually monthly, we're currently trialling it fortnightly, so you're probably no more than two weeks away from one right now. And it's just a really good way to talk to other people, to kind of pick up tips and tricks about how people are using Instagram. Everyone always comes away feeling really inspired, and we do a little follow train at the end, so you usually gain some followers and some like-minded friends along the way. I will stick the links to all of those things and the dates for the upcoming ones in the show notes for this episode, so hop online after this and you can find out how to check it out. Okay, so on with this week's episode. I really wanted to get someone on who knew Twitter inside out, and it just happened to be one of those brilliant Twitter connections that I mentioned. So it's Samantha Kelly, aka Tweeting Goddess. She is a TEDx speaker, an entrepreneur, and somebody who just really understands the power of attracting people by being human and not perfect, and just having conversations and being real. So I called her up over in Ireland to find out what we should all be doing to make our Twitter profiles irresistible. Hi, Samantha. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Um, So for anybody who's not heard of you before or not come across your work, could you introduce yourself for us? Yeah, sure. My name is Samantha Kelly, and I'm otherwise known as the Tweeting Goddess. I used to have a business called Funky Goddess, and that's how I ended up with Tweeting Goddess because I changed my <laughs> Twitter handle. I live in Rossler Harbour, which is in Ireland, obviously, with my accent. And I just discovered from promoting my first business that I had a real knack for social media. So, yeah, so now I'm one of the top Twitter experts, I suppose. I hate that word expert, but that's I suppose that's what people describe me as. So why Twitter? Was Twitter kind of something you deliberately focused on at the beginning or was it just where you found yourself most at home? It's where I found my happy place. (laughs) And I just discovered that I had a real knack um, for people and engagement and all of that. And I just learned as much as I could as well myself. So um, I did get a bit of grief from um, other uh, inverted commas experts saying, you know, like, who does she think she is? Mm -hmm. She never went to college. She doesn't have a piece of paper. It's qualification. But do you know what? You could have all the qualifications in the world, but you still could be terrible with people. So um, it's all about people. Twitter is and it's all about relationships. So right. Social media in general is about communication and yeah just people skills and being able to connect with people yeah and it's about um building relationships and and but the important thing as well is you know you can never beat offline you know face to face and twitter is the first step to getting a meeting face to face and i just find it's so easy to connect with influencers it's so easy to connect people with each other um which which is what i do and 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 my the demographic on twitter are age 35 to 55 
the highest growing demographic are the over 55. So it was just where my kind of people were, my tribe, I suppose you call it. But I just Twitter is it, 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 it's also um, a skill involved in, in fine tuning your message. It's like mini blogging. Like if you're good at storytelling or if you have a great sense of humor or if you have knowledge to share. Twitter is a great place to show that you're the expert in your space. So go back to the beginning when you had your first business. How long ago were we talking when Twitter really took off for you? Well, six years ago, um, I was um, my marriage had just broken up. My father had just passed away, who was a real Dell boy, a bit of an entrepreneur himself. Mm. Uh, he was a painter and decorator, actually. You know, we started very humble beginnings. I lived in a really bad area, actually, I was born in. But what happened was dad worked really hard to get us to a better place. And um, when he passed away, I was devastated. And, and then my other daughter, she's uh, Abby is hearing impaired with a severe language delay. So she was about to start mainstream school. So there were all these kind of ducks lined up for me to do something, but I didn't know what. And um, so one day my other daughter came to that awkward milestone of her first period. And so when that happened, I felt sorry for her. So I went to the shop to look for some kind of beginner set and there were none. There were none in the shops. And I was like, what? That's not right. <laughs> I was like, this is terrible. So I decided there and then in the supermarket that I would create this lovely gift box that parents could give their daughters when they got to that awkward milestone. Oh, wow. That's where it started. So I called it Funky Goddess. It had like a little hot water bottle for tummy aches. It had the facts of life in it. It had all the essentials, a little eye mask for those naps, you know. So it was kind of a it was really nice gift box, but I had no money. <laughs> I was like, okay, right, that's a great idea. But what do I do now, you know? So luckily my sister's great at web design, so she created the website. She's actually the person who put me on Twitter and she went, right, off you go, go and market your business. And I'm like, what? What do I do with this? Like, hadn't a clue, hadn't a clue what to do. So really, and then she created a Facebook page and all of that. So she was really well ahead of lots of people at that stage with what to do. And so she kind of helped me. Um, but then Twitter was really where I found my clients, like lots of lone fathers, you know, grandmothers, big sisters, like there were so many people. So I went on Dragon's Den, the Irish Dragon's Den. <gasps> Did you? Yeah, I did. Terrifying. Do you know it's on YouTube? Um, if you if you Google Funky Goddess Dragons Den, and it's so interesting to watch myself back because I was so nervous. And and when I was getting my makeup done, uh, my dad and I we used to watch this because my dad would be like, "Oh, Jace, that's a great, that's a great invention. Isn't he brilliant? Thinking, I wish I thought of that." You know, and it's so funny because when I was getting my makeup done, it was January. It was a really cold day. I had five euros in my pocket, uh, just enough petrol to get up to the Dragon's Den filming. I had no money. like, and I think I borrowed that fiver. And uh, I was getting my makeup done and um, a butterfly landed on the makeup girl's light when she was doing my makeup. She was like, oh, why is there a butterfly here in January? And I said, ah, that's my dad, Aww. you know. I know. So then, of course, <laughs> when I went up the steps and I went into the dragons, the, you know, uh, one of the dragons, Nora Casey, she said, you've had a tough year, haven't you? And then I burst into tears. Oh. I was like, ah! It was just like, so So I was the girl that cried on Dragon's Day. <laughs> out of all that, I had about 5,000 followers at this stage. So out of all that, though, Twitter exploded, obviously, because people were watching and people saw the human side 
behind the person standing up pitching in front of the dragon. So it did me no harm at all because people actually, I, my followers exploded. People could identify with losing someone and that pain and that they could also identify with the hard work that I put in, even though I was grieving, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it, was, it was, it was good. It was a good story, but it, for me, it was just, it, it was great, you know, and, and, and I got investment on the TV, but then afterwards I, it didn't materialize. So everyone thought I was loaded, but I actually had nothing. Mm. So what happened was then I just um, shelved that business and then someone approached me and bought it off me. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> but in the meantime, a, a local hotel came to me and said, look, you know, you're really good on Twitter. Could you teach us how to do that? Or can you take over our account? And that was my first client. So that's how it went from there. So really organically, it just kind of came to you rather than you chasing it. Yeah, I had no plan. Everyone goes, what was your strategy? What's <laughs> I was like, um, I didn't have one. I was like, it all just happened. Well, it didn't really just happen now, Sarah. I mean, no. I worked really hard to build those relationships. I Like there were people that reached out to me and I helped them. Like there were global kind of, uh, like there were people, I knew I could reach a, go- a global audience through Twitter because you know um like people there's people in America that were that were in that kind of space the facts of life and mums and all that kind of stuff and I was able to have Skype calls with these people like I'd connect with them on Twitter and then we'd have a Skype call then we'd do some kind of collaboration whether it was a competition and and so I could see that this was the key that relationship building was the key to all of this you know and that treating people like people that were starting businesses themselves would reach out to me because they would think I, I knew it all from being on Dragon. <laughs> like people, people, their perception of you when you're on the TV, they think, oh, my God, I want to be her. I want to be like her. And I was like, well, geez, I'm not really I don't know why they're asking me for help. But I did know a bit more because I was a bit further along than they were, yes. you know. So, so I just helped others as well. And I think that's a huge part of it as well. Yeah, like being of service and being helpful to other people. Yeah, and never ignore anybody. Like if someone with like 20 followers follows me, I look at their bio, I look at their website. And if they look normal, um, I'll follow them back, you know, and they look like they might be people that I might be interested in. So your bio is really important for that reason. So what are kind of the, the key starting points for people who are maybe not using Twitter or I've never really strategically thought about what's on their Twitter. Okay, well, the first thing is, are your clients there? Are your audience on Twitter? They might not be. You know, like if your audience are like, if you want to start talking to young people, like in the health space or, you know, that go to the gym or, you know, you you should really be looking at Instagram, you know, um, but, you know, like Twitter is great. There's a lot of health hashtags and Twitter chats and stuff like there's Irish Health Hour. But, you know, like figure out are your audience there, first of all. Right. If it's B2B you're in, then definitely Twitter and LinkedIn. You know, Twitter is really good for B2B. There are a lot of decision makers and CEOs watching on Twitter and they might not even have in their bio who they work for. I'm telling you, this is true and I've experienced it myself. There are a lot of decision makers on Twitter and they're watching and watching and watching. Yeah, they've been watching me. They'd say, oh, yeah, I saw you. I was like, what? Where were you? Actually, I'll tell you a funny story. I was um, wanted to talk to Twitter about my the social media summit when I was doing it. And I had a call with like the head in Europe of, of Twitter. So I was so excited. I was talking to the mothership, you know, and I was like, wow, I'm going to be talking to the guy from Twitter. <laughs> I was so excited. And he went, oh, yeah, sure. I know you really well. I'm like, what? I was like, how, how, like, do you follow me? And he goes, no, no, my dad follows you. 
And I was like, your dad. <laughs> he goes, yeah. And I looked at his dad. I said, who's your dad? And I looked at his dad's profile. And it was like this guy in a really rural village in Cork. And he had like ugh, 240 followers. And I was like, and I was following him. And I said, geez, I must have had some kind of interaction with him. Or I must have chatted to him before. And because otherwise I wouldn't be following him, you know. And I was like, isn't that amazing? And he said, yeah, he's always saying, oh, look what Tweeting Goddess is up to. Look what she's doing now. Look what she's doing now. And I'm like, <laughs> wait. So you just do not know who is is who is watching you. You really don't. Um, so it's always really good to just be positive. And so if you're going to start on Twitter, think about what it is you can add to the Twitter environment. Like, what can you add? Can you add your knowledge? Like, can you share your knowledge? Can you add, um, are you really funny you know are you really good at like telling funny stories about what you're up to you know people want to be entertained on twitter and they want to learn they also love discounts more so than freebies so there you go so that's interesting too they did a survey on this before um in, in 2014 and it was like that twitter audiences wanted discounts more than freebies interesting. so they love, they love getting a 10 percent off especially for twitter people because twitter it's not like it's like a kind of um, a, a club, you know, yeah. if you're a person, it's a different kind of person to to to. I, I don't know how to explain it, but like people on Twitter are usually professional, urban and um, more educated as well. Not as into kind of oh, they, they've been there and done that. Some of them are divorced, that they might have been lonely. And that's why they went on Twitter. I mean, I know I was lonely. That's why I really got into Twitter was because the kids were in bed and I was on my own at this stage. And so when the kids were in bed between nine, like between nine, 11 p.m. is the busiest time on Twitter. So that's when I really started um, building relationships because I was lonely and I wanted to talk to adults, you know. So there are a lot of people that joined because they were feeling a bit lonely. And so that's why you've got that demographic over 55s. Uh, there was a really lovely movement on Christmas Day, actually, of anyone who was on their own mm-hmm. could talk to other people who were also on their own over Christmas on Twitter. Um, oh, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just just a really lovely and actually it looked like an awful lot of fun I was kind of like I wish I was on my own so I could join in with this yeah yeah and I did something similar on New Year's Eve a few years ago you know we had a little New Year's Eve party for people that weren't going out you know but I mean this is the thing you see people on Twitter have been through the divorce or they've been through an illness or they and they just don't want to bother with idiots they just want to hang out with good people and positive people and you can find like you only hear the bad stuff about Twitter you don't hear the lovely lovely positive stuff that goes on on Twitter. So yes, if you're a small business and you want to start on Twitter, find out are your audience there. Sure, follow me and then ask me to connect you with who you want to connect with. I know loads of people like in different areas. So oh, and what your Twitter handle is tweeting goddess, so people can mm-hmm. go and do that right away. Does your profile picture matter? Yes, absolutely. Now <clears throat> it doesn't have to be professional. Professional. Now I did get a professional headshot done recently, um, but that was actually a professional headshot guy who invited me and did it for me for nothing in exchange for me mentioning him. So I was delighted. And he kept asking me, kept saying, pop in, pop in, pop in. So I said, you know what, I will pop into him. So I popped into him, did a little headshot. And he was thrilled because he got loads of business from it, from me just saying that he did it for me. Um, But definitely you don't have to have, I would use a logo if you're a big business. And then on the header, have um, the humans, the staff. You know, maybe doing a charity event or have a, a picture of the team, uh, maybe before the Christmas party, not after. But, you know, you know, something nice that shows the humans behind this logo, behind this brand or 
people buy from people and I'm a strong advocate of people putting their picture if it's a small business owner and then having your logo and all of that in the header because people buy from people and every time you tweet your face will come up and people will get to know your face you know and and associate your face every time you tweet about your brand so um if it's a small business definitely photograph of you yeah I agree I think it's the same on Instagram in that sense that if as soon as you see a logo in a profile picture you kind of expect it to be quite a corporate account even if it is just one person with a small business you sort of have those expectations that you're not going to get a real person on the other end so a face makes a difference yeah you can't underestimate the power of human connection and how you can make someone feel and always think about that as well how is this tweet going to make someone feel is it going to help someone is it going to make their day better is it going to make them laugh is it going to help them in their business like are you sharing knowledge in the tweet you know think about things like that before you tweet as well The thing that seems to go over best on my Twitter like I always get the best response from is just if I share like something relatable so just a story about like this week I tweeted that I'd thrown away the last thong in my wardrobe and I no longer I only have big knickers now and that did really well because I think everybody's probably at that (laughs) point in their life or most of us are where we're like yeah I just can't be bothered with uncomfortable underwear um but then of course that connects me with people who are like-minded and you know who are also at that stage in their life yeah absolutely and it's all about that if you if you like it's like if you ever go to hear a speaker speak and you're sitting there bored and then this other speaker comes on and you're like oh my god that that, she's talking about me you know that really makes you feel good and you want to talk more to that person then and it just makes remember it's about Twitter's actually all about how you make people feel. You know that um, quote, people will remem- won't remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Yes. You know, it's all about that. I think social media in general, actually, is that if you can give someone that experiential memory instead of just yeah. Yeah. words on a page. Absolutely. And that's why marketeers and advertisers and all have to really start thinking cleverly about their campaigns, because especially with millennials, especially on Instagram, you know, it's all about how that like the experience it's you have to give your customers an experience now. It's not enough to tell them this, that and the other. You need to give them an experience. And it's like customer experience. Like I had a story as well about I went into this pub. You know, I I don't drink, actually. I'm 10 years sober almost. Congratulations. Thank you. I did love it now. That's why. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) but now I like to go to coffee places and, you know, tea and have tea and stuff. And um, I remember I had a really stressful time in the run up to social media so much. And I was so upset. And I just said, you know, I need to sit somewhere and cry. I was so stressed. It was like the run up to the event. And if anyone that runs events, it's really stressful sometimes. Mm. But anyway, I, I, I really needed to sit somewhere and cry. And I said, I know this place looks really pokey. It looks OK, lovely. I'll go in here and I'll sit here and hide in the corner and have a cup of tea. I walked in and the guy, there was a guy there and he went, hi, welcome. And I was like, oh, uh, OK. And I just wasn't expecting it. And he was so friendly. And he was like, would you like something to eat? And I was like, yeah, yeah, OK. And so I sat down and then he was talking to me. He was lovely. And it was called the Harry Lemon Pub. <laughs> and I was sitting there. Remember, I went in there to cry, to sit there and hide and cry. And this guy was so nice. And then he gave me I saw on the menu there was this thing called coddle and it's a Dublin dish. And I said, oh, my dad used to make that. I think I'll get coddle. So I, I got it and I took a picture, put it on Twitter and I said, oh, my God, this is gorgeous. Reminds me of my dad, blah, blah, blah. And um, then the guy was looking at his phone. And he went, did you just do a tweet? And I was like, <laughs> I did. And he said, 
oh my god you've got like I think I had 35,000 followers or something he goes this is brilliant thank you so much and we started talking and then he said at the end then he said here um, here's a dessert and I was like I didn't order dessert he goes no that's for the tweet and I was like oh thank you so much mm. and I just felt so comforted I felt looked after I felt like a big blanket had been wrapped around me and you know I didn't cry <laughs> but I felt so much better just from that customer experience. So what did I do? I wrote a blog post about it. I wrote a blog post about how you can turn a customer's day around by just they're giving them a good experience. And the owner of the pub contacted me, thanked me so much for the blog post. And guess what? When um, that was from tweets and stuff, right? So guess what? When the social media happen- summit happened, there was 19 people that were hungry. Guess where I brought them? <laughs> Yeah. And those 19 people, Ted Rubin, Brian Fanzo, um, all of those influencers, what did they do when they got there? They tweeted and they took selfies and they tagged the Harry Lemon pub. And oh, my God, you know, it just so 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 just from them being good to me, they didn't know I was going to do a social media summit. They didn't know I was going to bring people in with hundreds of thousands of followers. So it was amazing. You know, I love that. There was um, a little bit of a drama on Twitter this week about an influencer I think she contacted a pub in Dublin about staying over about asking if they wanted to trade her a stay for some exposure and maybe the email wasn't written right people got different opinions on that but the owner um, really shamed her for it online and shared the email and kind of made fun of her and it sparked this whole debate about kind of about influences and about whether they have any value. But of course, stories like that just go to show that actually genuine connections and influence really do exist. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. can have a huge impact. Yeah, I think that wasn't very nice of the pub to do that, though. I think it was a, is it, was it a private email. It was a private email. Yeah. But the pub owner has got a bit of a reputation. Apparently, they've previously like made all vegans avoid the place and yeah various oh well i won't be going there you see i'd like to know the name that pub so don't go there do you know what i mean so like you see that's not see there's different ways as well of of handling things i mean it's all about think about the other person think about what effect this is going to have on the other person you know and i made that mistake once um there's a very popular tv show here um the Late Late Show, and I remember, and people would be commenting, and it's quite fun, actually, it's really fun, but then I did mention something, and then I went, oh my God, that girl's probably reading those tweets now, and I shouldn't have said that, you know, mm. you know, and and I, that was in the early days, and, and I did apologize afterwards to her, but you know, I never got any response back, but I was wrong to do that, so always be aware, like, that people will go through the tweets later, and they will read your tweets, you know? So, you know, if someone is on the TV, and then they will go through the tweets later to read them, you know? So just be aware of that as well. Yeah, and it's kind of, I guess it's like personal branding. I see some people who use Twitter just to complain or just to be negative, and I think it doesn't shine the best light on anybody. Like, obviously, no. it's a great place to have a gripe when you've got one, but just to kind of keep the mix in there, and like you said, think about the motivation for what you're sharing and what it's what motivation there is for people to follow you. Yeah, yeah. And there are people that, that, that like, I have my, my gang of haters as well, you know. But, I mean, even though I've blocked them, um, people tell me they take screenshots and they tell me what they're saying about me. You know, it's like, yeah. oh. You know, and I'm like, oh, just don't bother sending them. I don't want to know what yeah, yeah. they're saying. You know, but still, at the same time, I don't think these people realise that it, just because they haven't tagged me, people are telling me what they're saying, 
you know, and it just people are watching. So like if a CEO is watching and you're bitching about somebody else, they're not going to hire you. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of things to avoid, I guess. Is there anything else that is bad Twitter etiquette that people should know about? Don't use automated DMs, direct messages. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, don't use them because I hate them. I I, I get auto DMs. Like if I, I might look at someone, I'd be like, mm, I don't know, let me see. And then I might follow them. Next thing, hi, thanks for following. Like me on Facebook. Mm. Oh, I don't want to go to Facebook. Unfollow. You know? and, and yeah, unfollow. And then um, another one is connecting your Facebook to Twitter. And it's the biggest, biggest, most common mistake I see. Don't connect your Facebook to Twitter because number one, like there's one hotel in particular, beautiful hotel. I've even emailed them and said, please let me disconnect your Facebook. <laughs> it's just so annoying because it's such a beautiful place. But they're actually wasting their time because when they post to face from Facebook to Twitter, all that comes up is I've po- I've posted a photo on Facebook mm. or this is going to be a great. And then you don't dot, see the dot, rest dot. of the yeah. Yeah, dot, dot, dot. And, you know, and I don't want to go to Facebook. I'm on Twitter. And I don't want to click on a link that I don't know. You, you know, it's like, no, 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 stop doing it because it's wasting time. You're not going to get any sales from Twitter by doing it. The reason you're on Twitter is, I assume, as a hotel is to get people to book rooms or, you know, share their news about your hotel. I'm not going to share that. And then another thing was I stayed in a hotel recently, a beautiful hotel. I tagged them several times in tweets. I took pictures and they liked a couple of tweets. no retweet if someone mentions you retweet it because they're actually doing your marketing for you and if people see that oh gosh she stayed there that looks lovely they're going to investigate more trust me so that people trust brands where they can see other people are buying from them yeah and it's you uh, user generated content as well like you know like you have other people tweeting about you and talking about you that's that, like people talk about me all the time and they're actually doing my marketing for me. Like even if, I, if I'm if i teaching a Twitter workshop and if someone says, oh, getting taught by Tweeting Goddess and they take a picture of me teaching, that's actually doing my marketing for me because it's showing other people that I do workshops. They might not know I do workshops, you know, or they might be afraid to contact me to do a workshop. And if they say, oh, Joanne's there doing a workshop. Hang on a second. Joanne's not loaded. Maybe I can go to a workshop. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, you know, it's just so, so powerful powerful a question somebody asked me recently on twitter that i said i would put to you actually is do hashtags matter on twitter anymore yes they do it depends is is, if it's a twitter chat sure you can't underestimate the power of taking part in a twitter chat it depends what the hashtag is um if if it's a a trending topic okay for example i have a client uh, they're a pharmacy in a rural area and it snowed recently and in irish the irish for snow is schnockta okay (laughs) So when it snowed, because we don't get much snow here in Ireland, everybody was tweeting about the snow and putting up pictures of the snow. So I asked him to take a picture of where he was. He took a picture of where he was and there was snow. So I put up a picture. Gosh, going to be a long walk home after the Christmas party because they'd had their Christmas party the night before. And I used the hashtag Schnockta and hashtag snow. And that got the most engagement they ever, ever got. Because people were looking through the tweets to look and see where the snow was. Of course. You know, so, you know, there there can be a really good powerful business is a great hashtag. Um, I know that I search for articles on business or I search for articles on social media. Use the hashtags like, let's say, health. Like if you're looking for articles on health, like don't forget, it's not all about you. You could share articles on health that might be new or news that your followers might want to know about that might not be driving traffic to your site, 
but you'd be helping someone else's site, but you're also helping your customer by sharing information that you found pretty interesting that they might find interesting as well. Yeah, that was one of the things I found early on with my Twitter was the tweets that were getting the most engagement were other people's articles I was sharing. So now I've made that part of my like Twitter strategy and every day I share something that I've been reading. Yeah, and that's where Twitter lists are very useful as well. So I have a Twitter lists and then I have one, I have lots of Twitter lists, but one called cool people. So if you look at my cool people Hmm. list, they are people that I find really interesting that I would actually like to have a cup of tea with someday. You know, um, that kind of thing. And then I have an impressive females list. I have awesome Irish tweeters, awesome Irish people. Like, so if you want to connect with some Irish people, look at that list. And these people, I go into that list every day and choose one person that I haven't engaged with in a long time. And I might just retweet a tweet or I might just comment on something. It just keeps you on their radar. I love that. It's really easy to do as well. It's really actionable. Do you use a tweet scheduler? Uh, no, I don't. But I have come across a new thing called Content Cal. They're an English company, British company, actually. And they're young and they're new. And I really like what they have because I have a team now. And Content Cal, it's, uh, you, can, you can schedule out. Uh, by the way, Tweeting Goddess never schedules tweets, my account. But I'm talking about for my clients. Um, I would schedule, you know, for example, there might be something that uh, like a, a Twitter hashtag that I can't get to that night or something like Belfast Air is a really good one. Um, Women's Inspire hashtag is my one. Um, so if there's certain things I want to promote that I won't have time to keep tweeting out. You know, I, I would use Content Cal for that. And you can schedule to Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn through Content Cal. And I really like it because you can actually schedule the tweets and then send them to your customer to to say to sign off and if they don't like something or if they really like what you're putting out then they're happy it's just a great way to have collaboration without you having to keep sending them individual stuff you know i just like it content cal it's called that's cool it sounds a bit like me edgar but it's got that extra functionality where you can um share it with a client that's good for social media managers for people starting out i think tweet deck is good for beginners i think yeah there's some free ones aren't there where you don't need too much yeah but beware there's also another one called agora pulse which is really good as well but beware look if you schedule a tweet please make sure that if you get notifications on your phone that you respond you know i hate when i see people they schedule a tweet and then i respond to them and then nothing and i'm like Okay, well, that was obviously, obviously they're not here at all. Yeah, it's just all scheduled in advance. And also you sometimes see when there'll be a really, a really big disaster or a news story. So say like the the London terrorist attacks we've seen recently. And then some brands of just having their scheduled tweets go out as normal. I know. And it just looks so tone deaf. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. You see, I'm not a fan of scheduling, to be honest, because I think especially on Twitter, it's about being there real time real-time news right now so definitely if you see me tweeting between 9 11 p.m definitely that's the busiest time on twitter so even if you haven't got much time to tweet and you're saying well i haven't got time for all this why don't you just go on between like half nine and a quarter to ten you know the kids are in bed Uh, remember that's when i started the kids are in bed you're watching whatever on tv just go in and check check your notifications the first thing i do every morning is check my notifications i need to know if someone has mentioned my brand someone has asked me a question um especially hotels oh my goodness i remember looking for a hotel in a particular place in galway and i said anyone recommend hotels in galway a lady came back with four recommendations i said great not one of them responded oh my gosh. not one of them messaged me 
a different hotel messaged me and said, look, we can help you out. I was like, grand, right. So I gave them the business. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that I've talked about on Twitter, people seem really divided on retweeting your own tweets. No, I wouldn't do that. No. The thing is, no, I wouldn't retweet my own tweet. I might do my own tweet again. Right. But I wouldn't, uh, no, I wouldn't retweet. I might retweet, quote a tweet um, in case you missed it. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yes. You could do that. So I might do that if I have a Twitter poll. So if I do a Twitter poll, I might retweet and then quote it and say, in case you missed it, take part in my Twitter poll. You know, Twitter polls are great, by the way. If you want to ask your audience questions, um, you can have four possible answers. I find them really, really cool. Even just for fun, I did one, um, Brad Pitt or Liam Neeson. And that was really popular. (laughs) Who won? Liam Neeson. He's got big hands. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway. He's <laughs> he's actually 65. Do you know that? I no. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, he was in Ireland recently. I was raging. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is what I love, though. You know, you can have fun on Twitter, too. You don't have to be all business business because, look, you get bored as well. Like, think about what you like. If you're interested in kite surfing, follow people that are into kite surfing. A lot of kite surfers are CEOs, you know, um. you know, like, I mean, just be aware. Richard Branson kite surfs. You know, so just be aware, you know, it doesn't matter what hobby you have. There isn't someone else is going to have a hobby like that that you're going to connect with, you know. So tell us about then Women Inspire, which is what you're doing now, isn't it? Women's Inspire. Yeah, I had to add the S because apparently there's a Women Inspire somewhere. Ah. Anyway, (laughs) so Women's Inspire Network. Yeah, I just started it because you see, five years ago, I started Irish Biz Party because one night I was frustrated with all the red tape and stuff and I just found, you know, you couldn't get grants unless you already had money and all this kind of stuff. I was like, oh, my God. I said, I can't be the only one coming up against these brick walls. And, yeah, I decided to start Irish Biz Party one night. Um, I said, if you're in business, let's all help each other. Tell me what you do and I'll retweet it. So that's how it started. And then everyone, then every week then for years afterwards, every Wednesday night, it was the most popular trending hashtag in Ireland. Um, And then I decided to start having events offline. And I noticed that most of the people buying the tickets to the events were women. And then I also noticed when I spoke on the stage, it was women coming up to me at the end. Mm. Now I'd get the odd guy that fancied me. All right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that hasn't happened in a while, unfortunately. (laughs) But but usually it's um, women that I found were, were coming up to me and relating to me. So I said, that's interesting. So then I decided, you know what, there is no hashtag for women in Ireland, you know, just exclusively for women. So I decided to start the women's inspire hashtag. And now that trends every week in Ireland. And I just wanted to encourage female entrepreneurs to connect with each other because I found myself, to be honest, Sarah, I found that when I went to networking events and I started out, I didn't get I, I got some kind of cold responses and I didn't get much help. I was going to the wrong events, I found. Right. Well, you know, I decided, I said, hang on, like, shouldn't we all be helping each other here? Um, so I decided I would create a more laid back, relaxed network. Um, that was just that you didn't have to dress up really posh. You could have tattoos if you wanted. You could have piercings if you wanted. Like, I just felt like they were looking down on me a little bit because my style was a little bit different. And well, it turns out they were because I don't go to those events either. Now. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> they were jealous, 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 jealous. But the thing is, like, there's a lot of good women out there who just are like you and me that just want to kind of meet other people and bounce ideas off each other. And they have the same determination, the same ambition. They have the same dreams. And they also have the same issues. Yes. 
So, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're a mom or not a mom, you know, like it, it, it doesn't matter. You know, we all are women and we all we all should be supporting each other and, and helping each other. So that's why I said, you know what? If I want to really add value here, we, we had a Facebook group with 8,000 members and I, I was exhausted though, Sarah, <laughs> giving so much of my time. I, bet. I, I can't do this. I have to do something about this. And then, so I decided to do a membership thing where it was 20 months and add more value. So now it's easier. I can just do webinars once a week. We have a private Facebook group for the members. And now we have another event coming up in Galway on the 11th of April. And now we're starting to get sponsors coming to us because they know that our events rock because I make sure that the people get value, that they learn something, that they take away something with them. And even the webinars we do, like you're doing one for us soon. I am. I can't wait. So we do like Instagram tips, Twitter tips, uh, could be something about um, GDPR, which is coming up. It could be something about sales. A lot of us don't know how to sell. A lot of us start businesses and we haven't a clue how to make a sale, you know, like, and it's so funny. And there's so much we need to learn. And a lot of us can't take a day out to go to a workshop in Dublin or to travel or there's just, this is easier. We can just do it from home when it's quiet and you can watch the replay if you can't make the live one. And it just makes sense, you know, so really that's does. what now. Yeah. And it's it can be so lonely, I think, being an entrepreneur, especially if you're working from home. It's just you. And like you say, there's there's no one to bounce your ideas off. There's no one to kind of cheer you on when you yes. really need it. So it's nice that you've built a space where people can do that. Yeah. And another thing we do is we brainstorm. So let's say, Sarah, you were stuck in your business because we do get stuck sometimes and you weren't sure which direction to go. You know, what we do is we say, right, let's have a brainstorming session for Mary. And we'd have Mary on the camera and she'd say, well, this is what I need. And I'm just really stuck. And sometimes people get upset, which is OK, because you know what? We're humans and I've got upset. And, you know, the thing is, like, this is not just a business support network. This is actually a, an emotional support network, too, yeah. because we need it. I need it. Jesus, you know, I'm not I'm not Wonder Woman. I, I get bad days, too. And. You know, sometimes you just need to say, do you know what? Do you know what? I didn't get that. And it's not fair. <laughs> you know, it's yes. like, you know, sometimes we just need to say that. And then we feel better. Like, or do you know what that wagon said to me? Anyway, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, or, you know, sometimes. So so one girl in particular, um, like over Christmas or over summer, she said she was really upset and feeling really down because the ex-husband had taken the kids on a holiday for a few days. And she was looking at the negative side of it. She was missing the kids. Da, da, da. And then I was like, hang on, you know, all those times you're saying you can't make the webinars or you need to learn this. Go and do it now. Go get that massage. Go do this. Go meet some of our coffee. And then she went, oh, Jesus. Yeah, actually, now I have free time. You know, so she she was just cutting her own little head. Whereas when other people start talking to her, especially ones with more experience of being separated, it was like, this is your chance to go and do something for you, you know. So, you know, it's, it's not just about business support. I love that. And do you do uh, weekly coffee mornings? We do weekly webinars. It's turning into now. But yes, if anyone wants a coffee morning, they just in the group, they say, look, does anyone want to have a meetup? And then we just meet up. We all just go and go to the crowdcast and we meet up. So if anyone, I encourage people to reach out if they're feeling a bit down or they want to do something. And then we do the coffee morning. So we do um, usually two coffee mornings a month at the moment. But um, yeah, weekly if, if it's if it's desired. Yeah. I love that. So other people's emotions come up. I'm wondering about you. You seem like a very confident person. Do you struggle with self-doubt at all? Of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. I'm normal. Well, I'm not normal, actually. No. But, um, <laughs> you know, 
Self-doubt. Yeah. Now I did for a long time. I have got better at it, um, but that's only true um, confidence, I suppose, builds when you start seeing other people endorsing what you do. Like I was featured on Social Quant there uh, recently. They featured my profile as an excellent example of a Twitter bio, uh, profile. I was like, what? Hmm. Like Social Quant is a huge company. And, you know, I think learning, getting a good mentor builds your confidence as yeah. well. But Self-doubt comes in when maybe I didn't get a contract that I thought I deserved and oh, maybe I'm not good enough. You know, I, I come up with that a lot myself. That's just my own stuff, though, because, you know, you don't you're not 10. I'm not 10 years sober because I was perfect in my past. I wasn't. You know what I mean? And, you know, I've le- had to learn to build myself up again and build my life back and, you know, to to value what I do and to value myself. You know, I was undercharging for a long time. But now the way I look at it is, OK, I didn't get that contract, but maybe I wasn't meant to. Mm. Maybe there's another plan. You know, maybe I'm not supposed to get that contract. I firmly believe, though, if you can dream it, you can do it. Like I've often dreamed of going to America. I dreamed of speaking in America. And now I'm going to be speaking at social media marketing world in the end of February in San Diego. Amazing. It's 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 it is amazing, Sarah, because that I put it on my vision board. I have a vision board. And when I have self-doubt, I go and I look and I say, hang on, I'm after doing that. I achieved that. Yeah. I did that. Tick, 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 tick. You know, I wanted to stop smoking. You know, I want to be a size 10. You know, like these are all things I still want. And we all want, have our little things that we want. Self-doubt is, is a normal part of the human being thing. So every now and then it does creep in. Like, oh, not enough people took selfies with me after I spoke. Not enough people came up to me after I spoke. Uh, there could be 99 people in the room that think I'm awesome. And one person thinks she's a she's an idiot. And who am I, I going to bring home in my head? Yeah. That one person. Like, so this is all human stuff, you know. I suppose it's all about gathering good people around you that get you and understand what you're doing and, and, and support you. Yes. And that's what social media is really good for. Yeah. Yeah. And stick with the winners, I, I, I call it as well. And we have a saying there in, in, in AA, stick with the winners. So just stick with the people who and that's why Women's Inspire Network, W-I-N, see, win, stick with the winners. Yeah. See? I like it. It all comes together. (laughs) So the one thing we absolutely have to talk about before I let you go is our mutual Twitter fave, um, Mr. Mark Hamill. (laughs) Yes. Oh, he is just, do you know, it's so important. Like, it's all about how you make people feel. Remember I said that? And he has it to a T. He knows the power of what a like can do for someone, what what a retweet can do for someone how he can make someone feel by, you know, he just understands it. He gets it. And he followed me. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I was, oh, my, 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 my partner thought I was having a heart attack. Or something. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And then he was getting worried. <laughs> he was like, oh, should I be worried about this guy? I was like, no, 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 don't worry. Don't worry, honey. It's okay. As she goes back to her phone. Yeah. I'd love to meet him. So he's on my vision board. I have a cup of tea with Mark Hamill. That's on my vision board. Well, I hope it happens. And when it does, please say hello from me. I will indeed. I'd love to. And you've met him already, haven't you? Yeah, I have. And he knew me. He knew who I was straight away, which was fun. Even cooler. (laughs) Oh, my God. Isn't that lovely, though? I just think, you know, he's been filming here in Ireland. So there was the Irish. That that was how the conversation started. I was like, oh, my God, hope you come back to Ireland. And I'm a big Star Wars fan. I mean, like this is someone I had a crush on when I was seven. You know, like this is like I went to see Star Wars when I was seven. You know, and, and, and I thought Luke Skywalker was like the most beautiful man I'd ever seen, you know, 
<laughs> well, I, yeah, I still think kind of 1970s, 80s Mark Hamill is the most beautiful man on earth, surely. Don't tell my husband I said that. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? It's just it's just lovely that he sees the power of Twitter and he's using it for good. And that's another thing that I love about him. Like if you look through his tweets, he gives out about Trump a lot. Yes. But, you know, some of that could be deserved, you know, and then that's the power of good as well, really. Yeah. And you see exactly. But he uses it for if you notice, he uses it for sick sick children, Mm -hmm. for charities, a lot of stuff about animals. You know, it's really nice stuff. And it just shows and he talks about his wife, which is lovely. And And I think that's a really, really nice thing that he does. He talks about his wife. So kind of in other words keep away I'm taken kind of thing which is nice as well you know and that looks for the audience it's just like it just fully it it attracts more followers I'm sure as well you know yeah it's just really human yeah so Sam where can people find you online if they want to get more of your wisdom and genius (laughs) I wouldn't say that (laughs) (laughs) well I'm saying it (laughs) but I'm a little bit of a messer as well and 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 um, so I do like to have a, a bit of a laugh and stuff, you know, and I think life's too short, you know, especially when dad died, I, I, I find, you know, and I think that's why people didn't take me seriously at the start, though, because I'm a bit of a messer. Just because you're in business doesn't mean you have to lose your personality, you know, and be be yourself, you know. I find this a lot like people people don't take me seriously as a businesswoman. And I, I think maybe it's partly if you're kind of like a a pretty girl like people just dismiss you isn't that strange now there's a blog post right there now yeah yeah if you're pretty or if you're quirky at all yes yeah and like quirky is lovely quirky look look people why spend your whole life trying to fit in when you're born stand out that's what i say totally so so um yeah tweetinggoddess.com i'm not very good at selling myself am i (laughs) tweetinggoddess.com womensinspirednetwork.com so the womensinspirednetwork.com it's online so anyone can join from anywhere in the world we have members from New Zealand Canada America uh, the UK uh, Spain Malta you'd be surprised so it's just really cool and it's a great way to connect with like-minded female entrepreneurs thank you so much thank you Show notes for this week's episode are at meandallair.co.uk forward slash podcast 40, where you'll also find links to all of Sam's profiles, everything we've talked about this week, and also the Twitter chat that I mentioned at the beginning. Come over to Twitter as well and give me and Sam a shout. Let us know what you thought about the episode. It's a really good way to get started and she will hook you up with some cool people to follow. And if you're listening to this episode in real time as it goes out... The UK Blogosphere Magazine Awards are accepting nominations this week and I would love you to consider nominating this podcast for Podcast of the Year. If you head over to the Blogosphere website, you'll be able to see how to nominate me and if you're listening to this after the fact, you can just ignore this bit. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you soon.